Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5 by 2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We are continuing to welcome Julie Dietrich, who will be co-hosting with us for the next few weeks as we continue our discussion on grace and truth. And this is the, the focus of a Sunday morning Bible group led by Pastor John and Pastor Adam. So, George, you want to kind of get us into today's topic? Yeah, one of the things as we've been discussing the first two weeks and as we bring in this week is there's a lot of words that we have kind of a conception of what it means. But our conception of what it means is kind of shaded by all the different things that roll into it. So we might think certain words are the same, and they're just a shade of difference. And so, for example, one of the things that we were talking about earlier before the podcast started is what's the difference between justice and fairness? Last week, we talked about fairness, and we tried to talk about what was fair and what was not. And this week in class, Pastor Adam brought up the idea of justice. And so a lot of people think that justice and fairness are the same thing. So we probably ought to be you know, start off with the definition of justice and fairness. So first thing, let's just say fair, because we talked about that last week. Fair or fairness is when people are treated without partiality, that they are treated the same. So it's one of those things that we don't always really want. We don't want all people to be treated exactly the same because there are some special circumstances, special needs that we might have in our lives, and we want consideration of that. Now, justice, on the other hand, goes with what we were talking about with grace and mercy. Justice is when you get what you deserve. So the opposite of justice would be mercy. We don't get what we deserve. Or grace, when we get what we don't deserve. Justice kind of falls in between those two things. And so we could kind of go forever on just that concept of justice. But a lot of times when people say, I want justice, what they're wanting is the person that has wronged them to be punished, that that person's going to get the justice due them for what they deserve, for what they did. They deserve to be punished. And really, I really don't want justice for me because I want the justice for them, right? Mm -hmm. So just throwing those two terms out, should we start with a little discussion on justice and fairness? When you said fair is everyone receiving no partiality, everybody getting the same thing until you want what somebody else has, then you want it to be fair. I think sometimes we, we wrestle with just fairness because it's the perception we're seeing it through. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. So that that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the episode. I think episode one, you even brought it up. Our sinfulness makes us think about us. So I want fairness until I'm not getting as mm-hmm. much as somebody else. Right, right. Or I'm not getting more than that. We want more. We want more, more, more. You know, I think uh, a lot of times our kids said, that's not fair. That's not fair. When we were giving one of our older children maybe an extra privilege because they were more responsible or because they were older the situation uh, allowed us to give them more freedom for example they could go out let's just take they could ride the bike around the block without you know supervision but our younger kids we needed to have them close and the younger kids we say oh that's not fair well we didn't treat them the exact same because there are different circumstances so sometimes uh, when we get into that discussion of fairness It's tainted by selfishness. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask a question here. Ask away. Is fairness, so we talk about fairness, because sometimes I think people say, I think I've heard the phrase, well, you don't want fairness, you want equal. And so I guess Mm -hmm. what's the difference? Is fairness the same as 
being equal for everybody or can things be fair but not equal? George and I were talking about this before the podcast and equal, I take it as making everyone's approach equal. Just like students in the classroom, you want them to have an equal approach despite whatever is going on with them. You want to make that an equal opportunity for them to learn. So if we were fair, everyone would get the same approach. If they were equal, am I saying that right? I think you mean equal access. Equal access. Equal access. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. Right. So fairness, every one of the desks is the same height. Right. Equal access means you've adjusted the height so it is the workable height for the student that's sitting in it and that's maybe not as big a deal for first graders but you get to fifth and sixth grade where Mm -hmm. you've got a huge difference in height as the kids hit their growth spurt well you don't want to make that very tall kid sit in a very short desk or the really short kid sit in a really tall desk because then they don't have the equal access Mm -hmm. to learning so fairness would say all the desks are exactly the same all the chairs are exactly the same but equal access then allows us to adjust for the needs of the person that's there. And I think when you look at God, there's some aspects of God which we would say would include fairness. Everyone who believes gets to go to heaven. Mm. Everyone who believes. Everyone who doesn't believe, it goes to hell. So that's a fairness. Everybody, based on one criteria, believe or not believe, gets the same results. And I think that's where the parable of the workers in the field comes out. No matter what time of the day they were hired, they all got the same pay. Well, that was the employer being fair to what he said he was going to pay them. Now, we would say that's not just because I deserve more because I worked more. Well, you would say the justice would require he pays more to those that don't. But the fairness is everyone gets the same payment. So that parable is a great illustration of how we want fair when it works to our benefit. Because the one who came late, he's like, yippee, like I get the same as the one who was there early. So that's our sinful nature shining through there. There again, I think we're going to go back to some of the teachings of Jesus. The golden rule says, treat them the way you want to be treated, Mm -hmm. not the way they deserve or what you're going to treat everybody. Treat them how you want to be treated. So justice and fairness. So when you get into that discussion, then that comes into truth. As we're talking about today, what is the truth? Is the truth that we should all be treated fairly? Is mm-hmm. it truth that we should all be treated justly? Is it truth that all of us should get equal access? And so Pastor Adam used this definition for truth. Truth is that which discerns for us what is and is not real. Can you say that again? Yeah, with the cliff notes, please. Truth is that which discerns for us what is and what is not real. So truth, according to Adam, uh, the lens in which we see reality. It tells us what is real and what's not. And, of course, then the next statement that he would have is truth is revealed through God's word. And so we put all of our perceptions in light of God's lens, not in light of our own lens. So instead of me thinking about what's fair or what's just, I need to look at what God would say is fair and what's just. I remember in our first podcast together in this series, you asked me, George, what is truth? And I remember spouting off these descriptors, black and white, um, what's factual, what's real. And then Dustin chimes in and says, well, real truth is God's word. So what you just said is a combo, kind of, right? Sure, sure. It's an aspect of both of those. But there also is that perspective that in God's word, we see what we should see. The problem is we sometimes see in God's word what we want to see rather than Mm -hmm. what he's saying. 
And so I think that's where being in a Bible group and having those discussions, even sitting around here or listening to a podcast, is to really reflect on, am I seeing what God wants me to see or am I seeing what I want to see? Mm-hmm. Is, I think, is that called proof texting where you pull a verse like out of context to try to fit what you, like you're going into it, right. putting your mm-hmm. preconceived like thought into it and like wanting to say what you wanted to without actually looking at the context of where the verse is in scripture. Right. The cherry picking kind of proof text, you know, where I'm going to pick just the ones that prove my point without looking at the whole of scripture. And that kind of gets into some of the other terms that came up in the class. Uh, One, which was relativism. I want things to be relative to my situation. It's what I think. And that's something our world is deeply involved in now is that moral relativism. I get to pick what's right and wrong. Well, I think we kind of talked about that the fir- again the first episode of this series of with our world today. It's yeah, you decide what your your truth is, right? You decide what what is your truth, and obviously there's all sorts of issues with that that we can get into. But yeah, it's kind of everyone is supposed to decide what their own truth is, and then that leads to other things. But yeah, with the relativism, I think for sure. And I think a lot of people also apply that to to God's word. And this is one of those things I've been careful how I phrase it lately when I teach. Often I've heard Bible studies where they say, what does this mean to you? As I'm reading this, what does this mean to you? And that's probably the wrong way to phrase it. If we're going to actually look at God's word as truth, the expression would be, how are you going to apply this in your life? Because God's word only means one thing. Hmm. Our Lutheran understanding of Scripture is there's only one meaning to Scripture, and normally that meaning relates back to Jesus and God's plan of salvation. But we can apply it differently. So, for example, let's say the seventh commandment, thou shalt not steal, always means the same thing. Because God has entrusted to each person blessings and treasures that they are to be the stewards of, we don't impinge upon their treasures. Right? We don't take them for ourselves. That's the meaning. Don't take what God has given to someone else. But it has different applications. So when I'm in a second grade classroom, it means I don't cheat off of another student. When I'm in my job, it doesn't mean I blow off the work and take an extra break and waste 15 minutes of time that I owe to my employer. So it's the same meaning, but it applies at different points in our life. But there are those that are Christians that say, well, I need to see what Scripture says to me. It's close. It's like all the words that we've been talking about. There's a bubble of closeness, but there is a difference. What it means to me, I cannot take the core meaning and make it twisted around to what I wanted to say. I'm going to see what God says and then apply it to me. So we've got some deep thinking mm-hmm. going on here. A lot of deep thinking. Well, I'm looking at the sheet here, George, that we got one more definition before we get into a little bit more discussion that Pastor Adam brought up this past Sunday as we're recording this. Legalism. What's the definition there? Like, what does that look like? Legalism, as the working definition that Pastor Adam had, it's over-applying God's truth to every situation. So, for example, the Bible says not to be a drunkard. So some Christians have applied that overly to say no alcohol at all. Or there's a lot of things that we might say that God says this, everyone should dress modestly. So if I see somebody that's very fashionably dressed, I could say, you're breaking the rule about dressing modestly. We've over-applied sometimes God's word. And that's, I think, a lot of our folks in churches for a long time, and that kind of goes back to what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, we get very judgy because we get legalistic. We're saying, oh, you're not in church every week. You're not as good as I am because God says worship regularly. 
Because, yeah, I think important point there is with the, the legalism. We've talked about this, I think, numerous times on the podcast about even the five by two, right, of not becoming legalistic, where it becomes checking boxes of like, I'm in the word. Well, I've got to do it X amount of times or this this amount of time or whatever, where it becomes more about me checking a box than me spending time in God's word and to be in relationship with God. Same thing with prayer. It's more about checking a box. Oh, got that done versus me connecting with God and spending time with my heavenly father. So even our good things, right, can become like our good spiritual practices and disciplines can become legalistic if we're not careful because i think in some ways our sinful nature right can lead us to of i've got to do certain things to earn my salvation or to earn god's love and you know we got to keep coming back to reminding ourselves reminding one another not just unbelievers of the gospel of no it's about who jesus is what he has done and again out of response to that we seek to live to be more and more like Jesus, to love our neighbor, but it all comes down to what, what God has done for us. Yeah, in that respect, there are some good habits, disciplines that we would have that, like you said, easily become check marks. For example, daily reading through the Bible. It's great to have a pattern and a plan. Absolutely. I'm going to read two chapters a day, each day of the week, and one psalm during the week. That's our two-year reading plan. And that's a great discipline, and it introduces you to God's Word. But when it becomes that, I read it, I read it, I read it, the checklist, and you're not actually doing what God said. Because read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest it. It's all about immersing yourself in the Scripture, not just checking the boxes. It's kind of like you said earlier, it's about the application of it, not just the belief of it, but how are you going to apply it? Because what did you say? You're careful to ask, what what does this mean to you, but what are you going to do with it? Yeah, not just what does it mean, but how does it apply to my life? Yeah, Mm -hmm. And I think that's, again, one of the things as I've gone through my career of working with people, I'm trying to push that point more. It's not just about knowing the facts. You know, I don't want to just be able to have people be able to pass all the trivia tests. Uh, That was interesting. I'm playing the game. I want to tell you what game I'm playing on my phone (laughs) because I want to laugh at me. But um, it it comes with, with ads. And one of the ads is, if you're a Christian, you must play this game. And Hmm. I'm going, hmm. So they already caught my attention, so I guess they did the right thing. I'm watching the ad. But all it is, it's like a thousand true and false questions about Bible facts. Hmm. It's like, why does knowing this Bible fact and whatever one that they had, you know, one was uh, Jesus healed Lazarus of blindness. You know, it's like, well, why does knowing that fact help me at all in my Christian life? You know, well, maybe I reminded that Jesus heals, but like, what does it matter who he healed or what the disease was? And so you kind of get into that pattern. It's like knowing, 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 but I'm not doing, 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 Hmm. which goes back, circle us back around. That goes back to God's justice. God's justice would say, you're not living what I'm telling you to do. My justice requires what you deserve as a punishment. And that's where we're thanking God for his mercy, which doesn't punish us the way that it should. And then the grace of the gospel, but because of Jesus, I'm going to give you all these rewards. I'm going to give you my love. I'm going to give you the promise of heaven. I'm going to give you the joy of prayer and all the other disciplines that we have. And so that goes back. God's not treating us fairly, right, in terms of I'm probably as bad a sinner or worse sinner than other people. And yet God gives all of us the opportunity 
to come to know him through the gospel. I say even the gift of belief, right? Like you talked about earlier about about belief, and we can't even believe on our own without the that that gift from God, the work of the Holy Spirit. So yeah, I mean, even yeah, the fact that He gives us the gift of of belief is yeah, it's just it's just amazing when you start to think about everything that who God is and what He's done for us. It's just yeah, just kind of overwhelming at times. You know, and so there again, when people start getting into you know God, how can God send His Son to die for us? And we can't fully grasp the wholeness of God, that he has justice as well as mercy and grace. There has to be a punishment for sin, but he loves us so much that he put that punishment on somebody else so that we could be part of him. So again, as we start looking at how this fits into the idea of truth and grace, that is a truth that we need to have at our core. I don't deserve any of this, and yet God gives it all to me for Jesus. Mm. Because of what Jesus has done, I get the fullness of mercy, the fullness of grace. Absolutely. Keeping it simple and keeping that at the core should be simple. We should be able to just default to that all the time, but it's all the yuckiness and all these definitions and these words that make it all a little bit gray when really it's so simple. And wouldn't it be great if we could just keep it, keep that at the core all the time without it even double thinking it? And so in terms of the two concepts that we talked about with relativism and legalism, I think that goes back now to our discussion on grace and truth. If you focus too much on one aspect without the fullness, and I think Adam has pointed out several times, it's the fullness of grace and the fullness of truth. But if you focus on one aspect, it can lead you into the relativism. I think, Julie, you share with us, like you lean more towards grace. Um, you want to make sure that everyone feels loved, that, you know, that you're taking care of other folks. And so that can go into the relativism. Well, it's okay for them, you know, because, you know, they, they've got other problems. And I just want to make sure that, you know. Well, I was actually kind of thinking that when you guys were talking about it. I thought how easy of a trap that is when you come from a mindset of more grace than truth, because you do want everyone to just be received and loved. And it is, it, that's a tricky, slippery slope. And then I think the legalism comes from too much focus on the truth, but only partial truth, Mm -hmm. you know, rather than seeing the truth of God loves all people. God has forgiveness for all people. We see, God says these are certain behaviors that will lead you closer to me and be a great witness to others. We start going, well, that's what God makes wants me to do. And so I'll check, 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 check the boxes off. And I'm better than you because I got more boxes checked, Dustin. <laughs> I, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, I've, I've accepted that. Uh, so, but in all seriousness, as we kind of like transition here, uh, I want to transition a little bit because this is, I think, an important question that we had down is, so how do we actually recognize or discern truth? And I think that was a big part of Pastor Adam's talk at this last session of like, so how do we actually recognize truth or discern it? I heard an interesting illustration once, and I can't remember which pastor um, or teacher it was, but in order for bank tellers to be able to tell what artificial money is, they have to handle real money a lot. Instead of giving them an example of what a fake bill is, here, look at these real ones, try this out, bend it, look at it, smell it, touch it, feel it. Getting to I'm glad know, you didn't say taste it. <laughs> well, you know, there are some things that like paper, anyhow. Getting to know the real thing, then when you hear something that's not real, or you feel something, you go, oh, there's just something mm-hmm. wrong here. And I think 
to know God's truth, you've got to immerse yourself into God's word. That's where his truth is. And spend that time, not just check, 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 read my two chapters, finished my thing, talked about it a little bit, whatever, but immersing myself so I know what it smells like, what it tastes like, what it feels like. I understand what God's love and compassion for me. I understand his justice and his mercy. Then when something fake comes along and somebody says something, they go, hmm, that Mm. just doesn't sound right. It doesn't feel right. I love that metaphor, that example. I'm going to put that in my back pocket. But when we get into those moments in our life where we get in a funk where we're stuck and we need other people to help us to see the truth. I think that is another part of that answer to your question, Dustin, that how do we actually recognize it? Sometimes we need others to help us to see it and to recognize it, which is just another reason we put ourselves in situations with other people, studies or whatever conversations. Meaningful conversations. <laughs> and compelling community. <laughs> so throwing all of our, our, our good I'll, stuff I'll in there. The buzzwords yeah. Well, you know, there again, I need my brothers and sisters in Christ who are also studying God's Word, who are dedicated to living as an example for others. That I, know it, taste it, feel it, can sense it. To, to actually go, does that sound right? Mm-hmm. You know, what you just said, I'm not sure about that. You know, I've also asked that when I teach a class, it's like, hey, if you hear me say something that sounds like it's not God's word, if you, please, let's talk about it. I don't want to misspeak accidentally or on purpose. I want to make sure that that I am teaching God's word as truth and purity, so I need your help. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, I was in an earlier podcast, not of this series, but another one where I said the five kind of filter questions that I use in situations, like I first ask, is it of God? Is it scriptural? Is it something of me? Does it fit who I am? But one of those in that list was, what do others have to say about it? Seeking others' opinions when you're questioning, and that fits perfectly into this. And when we're questioning what truth is, we just might need that other person because yet it's just not clear. It's hard to believe, but we're basically out of time mm-hmm. already. But are there any other thoughts or anything, any ideas or anything that can we talk about to finish out or also kind of lead us into the next episode? I think we could continue to talk about this relativism thing forever, and I think that's where Pastor Adam and Pastor John are probably going to go with the next couple classes and actually look at some of those topics Mm. in our society where relativism has come into place. For example, God is love, so that means, therefore, love is love. And it doesn't matter who you love or what, you know, as long as it's love. There's some relativism there, right? We take what's true, God is love, and he wants us to love all people, and we twist it around into our understanding that. Or uh, whatever the case is, that relativism thing will come into play in the next couple weeks of this class and our next couple weeks of our discussion, too. Absolutely. Well, we just want to continue to thank you all for uh, listening in and, and being part of these discussions. And if anyone has any questions, they can send them to, where can they send them, George? Got questions at stpeters-columbus.org. That's got questions, one word, St. Peter's, no punctuation, S-T-P-E-T-E-R-S, hyphen, columbus.org. I think I'm confused now what the email <laughs> is, but... Got questions at stpeters-columbus.org. I'm just, I'm just joking. Um, or just reach out to, to George or uh, or me or, or Julie and, and just reach out to us and we'd be happy to talk with you, answer any questions you may have. Or if you have some ideas of things we can talk about on the podcast, we would love to have it. So thank you for listening and we do look forward to continuing uh, these discussions on grace and truth here for these next few weeks. Now go out and serve God and others.